have three rounds left of the AFL season everything is really come coming down to the wire whether it be finals hopes for some of these French teams some teams trying to secure their spot in the top four or teams deciding to uh, essentially fire their coach with uh, a few rounds to go instead of just you know riding out the season seeing how things go and then just giving them the the pink slip at that but you know uh, nothing's ever straightforward, simple, easy to understand, you know, digestible when it comes to the AFL season, especially having, was it five games just re rescheduled a couple days before or a day or two they're supposed to go on. <laughs> so, a uh, bit of a hectic round, but, you know, that's, that's just kind of the norm at this point in time. But ladies and gentlemen, this is in the AFL Breakdown, brought to you by 4th Long, of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the... AFL correspondent Coach Donnie Hess and Coach Hess, how are we, uh, how are we feeling after just a t draining <laughs> almost uh, round 20? Oh, like I was telling you off mic, it, it, there's a 24-hour period from Friday night at about 9 o'clock until the next night that just all nuttiness happened. I, mm -hmm. I was actually having a chat with another with, a, with another podcaster who has a podcast out of Ohio. And as we finish the podcast, all of the insanity of the Queensland lockdown and three games being canceled within about 10 minutes all happened as that podcast ended. Oh, that's perfect. And I'm, I'm like literally looking at it going, OMG, what is going to go on? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm like scrolling through every pot and like I'm scrolling through mm -hmm. Twitter, trying to find every See, AFL media me person. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's, there's, there's oh. media people that like the rumors had already started. Well, they're going to, they're going to try to get them all flown down to Victoria. They're going to, they're going to slide them into Sunday. There's going to be a super Sunday of five games now instead of two. And it, it just, it was going to be absolute insanity. And I'm literally, as I'm getting ready to go to bed, I'm still looking at it. There's still kind of, there's still kind of some trajectory and some, there's still kind of debate whether they're going to be able to get it all out. And then I saw plane flight, Essendon, Sydney, GWS, Brisbane, and somebody, and, and like all of the teams who were in Queensland, all of a sudden we're now going to get charter flights. They're all going to fly to Victoria and they were pretty sure they were going to be able to get all the games done. So it was just in an absolutely insane about eight hours. Then I had to sleep. Then I had <laughs> our game here in Des Moines and then basically got ready Another for w. five games the next day. So it was absolute insanity. It was 36 hours of absolute footy bliss. Um, I couldn't have asked for better. It was a little scary there for three or four hours when I was thinking, oh no, a, half, a third of the games are not going to be played this week and they're going to now there, there was talk of the buy the, the, the pre-finals buy was going to be used to make up the games and 
yeah, it was just ever flowing. So what an insane, insane round of footy this week. Right. I can only imagine it's probably extremely hard to keep up with this sport and everything going on when you're in Australia, let alone across the Pacific Ocean where all the time zones are shifted. It's, um, it certainly is quite the challenge, but that's always one of the funnest parts, especially when, you know, we just happen to be the American voice of Australian football. That's the kind of stuff we got to deal with, but that's the kind of stuff that makes this fun. But of course, you know how this goes. We're going to break down everything you need to know for round 20. Uh, we're going to take an update a look at what the final eight teams might look like. Donnie's going to give us his team of the round. We're going to get you our round 21 power rankings and tipping. So let's get into things, Donnie. The first game we had was actually a pretty solid Friday night game of footy with St. Kilda and Carlton. Uh, and this was a, I think this was Carlton's best game of the season. I, I really do. Um, because they finally, it's almost like they look, this is almost better than what team, what than what kind of what we're expecting them to be preseason. Um, they finally get their scoring up, their accuracy going. Of course, your defense was a little meh, giving up 81, but that's ultimately not the worst thing that could have happened. Definitely not the worst performance we've seen from them this season. And so that was a really good way um, to maybe wind down the year, especially since, uh, especially St. Kilda, they they won three in a row. Now they've lost three in a row. And both these teams, I guess, mathematically, they're still in finals contention. But if you're actually looking at that, they're all but done, unfortunately. But this is just... Um, Maybe one of those games where it's a good moral victory for Carlton. Uh, maybe for David Teague, of course. I'm sure with the review they had, I'm sure their decision's already made up. They're just not trying to pull a Hawthorne on this one, uh, quite frankly. Um, but Harry Bakai, he adds his lead for goals scored this season. He kicks 5-2. and two. Uh, He now has 57 goals on the year. Nine ahead of Taylor Walker with three games left to go. He's almost... A lock to win, um, the or lock to have the most goals kicked this season. Now, also, of course, he had super. Uh, I mean, soon to be superstar, already a star. Sam Walsh. He tallies another three goals in this one and just continues his really fantastic last recent stretch of games. And I mean, the season's over. Kind of like I said, the season might be over for either team. But man, this is still a, a really entertaining, entertaining game of footy. I don't know if we can like. I hate even saying it, but I don't know if we can really count either of these two out. The only thing that I think really kills St. Kilda at this point is their percentage. Their mm -hmm. percentage is putrid. It's the worst of the teams sitting at 32 points. There's four teams sitting there, Essendon, Richmond, Carlton, St. Kilda. So technically, these are the two at the bottom. Mm -hmm. They're both not out, it's but it's definitely going to it's gonna it, it's gonna take a lot to be able to do it you're gonna have to hope Essendon and Richmond at least stumble at least once more you're gonna have to win at least twice to get in because right now you're four points back of eighth place with GWS with that half a game the half a game lead on you at 34 so they're not out of it but it's definitely gonna take winning at least two, if not all three of these last three games and getting a little bit of help. Now, the way this season has gone, there's a good potential it could happen because everything from seventh down cannot make up their minds what type of footy teams they want to be right now. They, they have had chances to put themselves in the eight and staple themselves into the final, and they have literally just shanked it every 
single time. So I'm I'm rather fascinated that Carlton has the best road home. St. Kilda has the worst percentage. St. Kilda has a massive game with Sydney this week. So it, there's still tons, tons that can happen. But man, did Car- Carlton had they can't make up their minds if they want to save Teague or if they want Teague gone at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's also not really doing himself any favors at this point too, because you know, one game it looks like, yeah, he's surely going to get canned at the end of the season. And then another game, it looks like, oh yeah, he, they should sign him for your contract. <laughs> it's like this whole Carlton team, David and Teague included. Um, man, it's just, it's just really hard to make up their mind at, at this point. Almost like, I guess maybe even Collingwood here. But, of course, we'll get to them um, here soon enough. But now let's move on. Let's take a look at the Bulldogs and Adelaide game. And this was, if you're a Western Bulldogs fan, this was a, a really, I, I think, a positive game to, to see from this Doggies team because they've now won three straight since losing that big game to the Swans. Um, and especially coming off the last round, they beat Melbourne. They continued that hot streak going. And... It was competitive a little bit in the first quarter, but then the Doggies totally came uh, uh, stormed away with the lead in this one. And this is a good game to see, kind of like I was saying, in the lead-up to the finals, because the Doggies are obviously a finals team. They're just about a lock for a top-four team as well. So, and, and really what you're looking for right now at the last few games of the season is almost like tuning up, making sure you're right at the finals with a good amount of momentum, and you're feeling confident in the game of footy that you're playing. And this was a good way to do that because they beat a team that they should have beaten. They almost exceeded expectations, honestly. And what was nice is that you're, you you didn't pull the Adelaide in this one. You didn't just have one guy kicking all the goals if you want to be successful. They had a bunch of one-goal scorers. And then they had three two-goal scorers. The scoring was spread out. They played good defense, which is something that they've been kind of lacking in, in the in the recent rounds, especially holding Taylor Walker to only two goals in this one as well. So this is a really positive game from them, and I like the kind of momentum that they're carrying on uh, potentially to these last three games of the season. This is one of those where the do- I think the doggies are kind of hitting cruise control. They they really didn't have to get out of second gear too much to beat this Crows team. I'm I'm not sure if the Crows are progressing are just stagnant right now it's 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 a really weird club right now for me to kind of gauge but the fact that the doggies are doing this and they didn't haven't had josh dunkley they haven't had uh trelore keith went down with his hamstring injury the the scary part about this doggies team is they're not full strength and they're still doing this to other teams so they are they're hitting their stride at the right time three games to go a couple of difficult ones in this last run to go but if if i'm the doggies there's got to be a ton of confidence in every single one of the members of their list because they've they're, they just look so good right now that um they're 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 very quickly becoming the the flag favorite and i think supplanting themselves past melbourne at this point Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, obviously they've they really picked it up and they're going to be a hot team. They might be the hottest team in the league. It, it might honestly be between them and the Swans is the hottest team in the league going into the finals. So it's going to be a fun kind of uh, I guess quasi race between those two teams heading in over these last three rounds. Um, and then one of those teams that's going to be near the top or possibly at the top is Geelong, and they. 
had a survival game against the North Melbourne Roos. And I, I swear, we've been saying this uh, most of the season now, and it's been especially prevalent over the last couple of rounds, is that you cannot sleep on this North Melbourne team because they kind of took it to the Cats early on. And they kind of showed up, hey, man, we're uh, obviously, they're just not a team. They're not a team that's just going to roll over. I mean, Geelong was a heavy favorite in this one, and they should be. Because they are top flag, one of the top flag contenders, and North Melbourne's there at the bottom of the league. But I don't know. I wasn't really surprised by this. So it's a thing too, because I mean, North Melbourne had a lead going to about halfway through the second. Um, eventually, you do see Geelong start to play a little bit better. They kick a few goals in a row, and they eventually get out to lead that they're able to maintain the rest of the way through. But this was not a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination for the Cats, especially kicking 8-14 and 14 in this one. That's not great. And those two guys, especially with um, Jeremy Cameron still being out, the two guys that look like they're going to have to carry you like they did last year. It looks like it's going to be the same thing this year with Dangerfield and Hawkins. North Melbourne isn't that... I mean, they play solid defense, but they're obviously they're, they're not a finals level team when when it comes to defense which isn't a knock on them that's just I mean they're there they're just not there yet but Dangerfield scoreless Hawkins one and one that's not a good look you don't have a guy that that brings two goals in this one and um I I, I don't know if um we're necessarily worried um long term by this performance but it's not a good look especially when you're trying to compete with the Western Bulldogs for that top spot I mean, I mean, to be honest, so we did talk about last round. You did bring up a great point that they might not want that top spot anyway. <laughs> Go ahead and check that out if you if you didn't hear that set that dining drop. But uh, this is this was not the best round to have. This is one of those where I don't know. North Melbourne has just really stapled themselves into we're not going to give you an easy game. You are going to have to earn your wins over us. But this was. I would chalk this more down to Geelong getting a win in a game they didn't play their best. And if you look at it, the obvious, the obvious store, the the obvious thing that stuck out of me in this game is the behinds for Geelong. 14. 14 behinds. If they kick straight in that third quarter where they go 1-5, if they switch that and go 5-1, this game is a complete blowout and it's not even close. This is almost one of those where North Melbourne almost has to thank their lucky stars because this could have been a lot uglier than it was. It's Geelong kept them in the game by kicking behinds. So I don't I don't know if I would sit here and go, uh, is Geelong should we should we start questioning Geelong? I, I think this was just one of those North Melbourne has really taken this workman like tough, gritty style of foot footy and it didn't it really did kind of stifle North Melbourne a little bit. I think if if Cameron is there, if if um, Mitch if if Duncan is there, I think this is a little bit of a different game. If, if I'm being completely honest with you. This is one of those games where those those not those players not being in the lineup, I think are glaring openings in in this roster that they don't have that secondary and that third. Matt goal kicking option after Hawkins. I mean, Rowan does his best, but Rowan does have days where he's absolutely disappears. He didn't have too bad a game in this one, mm-hmm. but 
it, it is kind of one of those where I think the Cats will thank their lucky stars. They 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 took North Melbourne's best shot. They get the win. It may be ugly, mm-hmm. but sometimes you got to win those games ugly. Sometimes this is a character builder, both for North Melbourne and for Geelong, because they got through a tough game that I don't think they were completely expecting, but they still got through the adversity that was given to them. It's almost funny, yeah, you're right. It didn't look like they were expecting this, but that's almost on you at this point because if you see the ruse on your on your schedule, you should expect a, a, almost like a finals-like atmosphere in terms of toughness and competitiveness. Uh, this isn't a bad team to, uh, to, to face uh, for maybe some of these finals teams going in to the um, over these last few rounds because it could be almost like a solid tune-up game where it's a game that you should win, but it's also when you're going to be tested, especially one of these top four teams. So, um, I, I mean, I, I'm really excited for what the Roos are going to bring uh, this offseason, you know, this free agency, this draft, and the, they have a lot of potential um, for next season. And so this is a potentially huge uh, offseason that they're looking forward to. And I'm super excited to see where we, how we might be talking about them once we get to our 2022 season preview, which is obviously a little bit away, but that's something that you're going to have to pay attention to. Uh, also, something else you're going to pay attention to is possibly West Coast is another... I mean, we had a collapse in them, then they kind of caught themselves. Now they're in the middle of another collapse. <laughs> so how many times can can we say that, that uh, a team is collapsing in a season? It's West Coast is really... Pushing the, pushing the boundaries of how we could describe this because it's another game where you see uh, West Coast leave the confines uh, of the, you know a little bit of home cooking and they look bad. They just there's no way to sugarcoat this. There's no other way to really phrase it. They just look bad and Collingwood puts a bit of a hurting on them as their inconsistent play just continues and honestly. This game was a lot closer. The final score was a lot closer than they should have been because in, after three, going to the fourth term, it was 70 to 19, and the Eagles kicked four and two in the fourth to make it look like not as much of ass kicking. But this was still a thorough ass kicking by the Collingwood Magpies, and there is no way that the Eagles can stay in the top eight if they continue to play like this, especially with the competitiveness that we're seeing that, uh, around that eight spot. And right now they're, they're um, ahead of the eight, uh, ahead of Freeway eight by four points, and they're ahead of GWS nine by six points. And the end of the season is nothing short of brutal, uh, to be quite honest, because we're playing their last three games are against the D's, the Dockers, and the Lions. And of course, I mean the D's. It, that's obviously a really tough game. Frio. It depends on what kind of Frio team you get, and Brisbane. Uh, to be honest, they've actually been not looking great recently, especially without Hipwood. Uh, of course, we'll talk about the Brisbane Lions specifically when we get to that game later in this round. But there's a good chance that West Coast could finish the season 0-3 and not even come close to making the finals. Yeah, this was... Oh, man. This was just an absolutely horrendous performance. And the one, the person that I feel the most horrible for is Shannon Hearn because he breaks the record for most games played for a West Coast Eagles, mm-hmm. and his teammates serve that up. I mean, absolutely disgusting performance. Um, 
I, I agree with what one of the, some of the, some of the Fox footy broadcasters, she goes, everybody in that locker room should walk up to Shannon Hearn and apologize for that <laughs> yeah. performance because that was absolutely just disastrous for them. The questions are back again. Can West coast win outside the borders of Western Australia? And, and this just continues to be an issue. And, and as you said, it, it doesn't get any easier this round. Now they got to go back to Perth and they play the, the, the Melbourne demons, but it's like, what West coast are we going to get in Perth this weekend? this this upcoming week are we going to get the perth are we going to get the eagles to play in perth to play really really well are they going to put a scare into melbourne or are they going to absolutely capitulate fall apart and go into that western derby with a with a chance of literally falling out of the eight in the span of two weeks so i don't know i'm all, all due respect, Collingwood just literally made them look like fools. I'm not going to completely heap on West Coast. I got to give Collingwood some Collingwood, credit. They, they Coach, Har- Coach this, Harvey yeah. has really opened this team up. They haven't got all the W's that I think they've probably deserved. Great seeing Jeremy Howe back. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's back to 100%. He's always, he's always an excitement machine with his marking abilities. I think this is the Collingwood team that they're going into the offseason – just hoping that they can kind of survive through this, mm-hmm. all of this insanity, get the day could get the day coast kid for father, son and hope, hope they can make a few moves in the trade in the trade period to reduce their cap issues to the point where they can go into next season with a legitimate shot of fighting back up the ladder and potentially getting back into finals contention. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's next year. But I think bringing in bringing in the next Dacos and and having another superstar talent in the black and white, I think is going to be a progression. I don't see them in the bottom part of the ladder next year, but I don't know who's going to be at the helm and I don't know how their board's going to look. So I could be completely off. We could be seeing a team that finishes 16th this year and 18th next year. We'll really have to see. And other teams with a potentially, uh, you know, pivotal offseason to the, uh, as a kind of way to pertain to the direction um, in the future for this team. It's, ah, uh, <laughs> like you, you really put, put uh, uh, hit the nail on the head there, Donnie. Either they could be good next year, they could be finals contenders, or they could also be contained for the wooden spoon. Quite the drastic difference we could see from them, obviously. It's going to be something that we're going to be paying plenty of attention to um, over these next coming months. Ah, uh, another team that's very likely, if not um, guaranteed already, going to have a coaching vacancy is this Gold Coast Suns team. Uh, and they took on Melbourne, and they looked, at, to be honest, I mean, we saw the D's get to a good lead. Then we saw the Gold Coast Suns uh, kind of come storming back and, and get the game close. I was like, oh, are we actually going to have a game on our hands? But no, it's essentially those the first quarter, first turn points um, is really all we got from the Suns team because they they make it close and uh, and then uh, the D score you know they just kick thirteen consecutive goals and kind of run away with this game and it really wasn't good at all unless you like watching lopsided um, offensive footy you just uh, have to suffer through this game or if you're a Melbourne Demons fan because obviously this is going to be good. Uh, this is this is just a brutal brutal game. They kick the Suns kick one behind over the length of the second and third term. That's not good. Uh, 
<laughs> that's obviously not gonna get anywhere near of getting the job done but this is a really good uh i i guess game for melbourne here because they bounce back after the loss to the doggies and this is a team with offensive struggles uh, uh as of late and so Hey, what better way to kind of get your offense going than to have this abysmal Gold Coast Suns defense to go against? You get to put up 120 points, and this is a game where you kick 20 behinds. 20 behinds. Imagine if they just put half of those through the middle. This game is even worse. I, I, I didn't even think that was possible. This game could be a whole... It could have been a whole hell of a lot worse for, for these sons, but uh, it was great for the, the Demons because you got guys like Ben Brown and Luke Jackson both kicking four goals. Clayton Oliver with another 30-plus disposal game. He is going to be huge um, and when it comes to the finals, when it comes to ball movement. He has 35 in this one. Also, yeah, Max Gaughan, he had a real sick banana goal late in the game, which was um, honestly a really good banana goal to run. I, that was a sharp, sharp angle. <laughs> and, uh, Man, that was just a beauty of one. But how sold are you on this Melbourne team going to the last three games? They have West Coast, Adelaide, and Geelong left. How do you think the rest of the season plays out with them? And what do you think about this game? Well, you're really hoping. You're really hoping that this blowout it was is their circuit breaker. Mm -hmm. It's their okay. We're back to what we need. We need to know. We've got all the confidence into our guys. We 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 took a a lower opponent and we dismantled them. Again, as you said, it could have been worse if they would have kicked straight. Unfortunately, 20 behinds is, is not always something that you want to sit here and, and, and clap your hands for. It's, but that's nitpick. That's nitpicking uh, on my end. Um, in all, I think, honestly, the game that's going to tell me whether this Melbourne Demons team is focused and ready for the finals is this game this week against the West Coast Eagles. You, you, you are literally facing a team that everybody has been absolutely smacking from pillar to post for the last four days and will continue until you take the field Monday morning slash Monday night slash Monday night in Australia. If Melbourne comes out and hands West Coast Eagles their rear end on a silver platter, I think Melbourne is back. And I think if I'm the doggies, I'm the cats, I'm the lions, I'm port, I'm Sydney. I'm a little worried because mm -hmm. this is not the team that you want hitting its stride going into the finals. If they drop one to the West coast Eagles, then if I'm the D's fans, I'm a little concerned that this ship may, and like I said last week, it may have peaked a few weeks early and they maybe are starting to have their kind of wobbly part of their season at the worst possible time when it could potentially cost you a top four and potentially cost you a flag. So uh, this really, this is a game I, I go, okay, this is a confidence booster. It's a percentage booster. Mm -hmm. That's great. But this needs to translate to a better performance against the West Coast Eagles this week, or it is only a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. <laughs> that's a really good way of putting it honestly <laughs> honestly that's that's damn near perfect there donnie really earning your money you earn your paycheck with this one with those uh with those i i what we call the metaphor oh no i i, I totally analogy analogies, analogies metaphors uh, so many different ways you could go with that so you know what i'm talking about so it's all good <laughs> and the next game we had was hawthorne and brisbane and would you believe it Hawthorne pulls off another 
upset as they edge out the lines by 12 in actually a, a really fun game in, in this one. Um, they've they've now been in Brisbane, Sydney, and have gone a draw against Melbourne. So kind of like this North Melbourne team, you know, the two bottom teams in the league you cannot sleep on because as soon as you do that, you'll lose or at least draw against these guys. Which, and this was just so funny. And they led Brisbane just about the entire game in this one. And one of my favorite things is obviously Hawthorne is, I mean, even with how close this, uh, the, you know, the bottom, the eighth spot is and seventh spot is, they're nowhere near that. They're, they're, they've been out of the finals for a number of rounds now. But I, I still love that this team isn't really playing for anything besides trying to ruin other team seasons. <laughs> and that's almost a fun position to be in at this point. Um, and they have a chance, actually, to possibly kick the doggies out of the one spot. And they can even make sure that the Richmond doesn't make the finals this year. So they can play spoiler for a couple of big teams here. And one of the things you got to look at for on the other side of the footy is that Brisbane is now 1-3 since losing Hipplewood. Um, they've dropped from down to 6. They were a top 4 team. That's not even looking promising anymore. It looks like top 4 hopes might be all but dead at this point too, which is almost crazy. If you look at the ladder, right now Brisbane is at 6 and 48 points. Port Alley is at 56 then it goes 58, 60, 60. So they're at least a couple games out of the top four with three to go. It's not looking great for those Brisbane fans. And this hip point injury is is just looking awful. And, you know, this, you got all this in this game. I'm not even addressing the elephant in the room here, Donnie. So uh, how, would you like to get to that and also tell us uh, your thoughts about this one? As I was saying, Friday night, just so much insanity. Friday morning, Friday morning, our time. I was, I, I was looking. I was, I went on Twitter. I was, I was chatting with a friend, and all of a sudden, every single tweet from every single Australian person I was following. Oh my gosh, Clarko, Clarko's gone. Why are they treating Clarko like this? I'm, I'm like, what are they talking about? So I click over to the AFL app. Clarko is done at the end of the season. Him and him and Hawks are parting ways. And I went wow okay that's a massive story because you you had all the you had all the drama with caroline wilson and you had all the drama with mitchell and did mitchell say this then mitchell denies it and then clarkson comes out with this this fiery speech about how he's going to stay through the end of his contract he's a man of his word he's he's going to honor his contract he's going to be through this year and next year and just for 72 hours, it went from everybody talking about it to this bombshell dropped. And it was absolutely insane. And I think, honestly, I think this performance by Hawthorne was the weight lifted off their shoulders. All the drama was done. There was no more talk of what's going on. Is, is Mitchell, is, is Mitchell going to be the coach next year? Is Clarkson going to be the coach next year? Or is, is Clarkson going to coach the rest of this year? And then is he going to leave? Is he going to be a sabbatical? Are Hawthorne going to pay him out? There's so many storylines and this just kind of put it all to bed. Clarkson's done at the end of the year. Mitchell's taking over, but I'm done. And it, it not flashy, not very, good in my personal opinion i think honestly as i as i've stated numerous times clarkson is without a doubt one of the best coaches of the last 30 years four flags i mean that's that's just proof there but he it's such an anticlimactic ending 
it, it with very little i think there's gonna be very little fanfare on this i think hawthorne kind of wants to proverbially wash their hands of him and it, it's kind of sad but it does throw up and in, in, in i'm very interested as, as a as a new footy fan i mean i've i've told you kind of everything about clarko and, mm-hmm. and like i said you haven't seen the brilliance of his, of his three flags in a row with 13 14 15 yep. but we we have all these we have these potentials collingwood is not probably going to have harvey so collingwood's job's open there's talk of gold coast job potentially being open after this season especially with some of the putrid performances that have happened and then the still the potential with a few things going certain ways the carlton could be open if i i'm going to put you in alistair clarkson's shoes right now you have four options take a year off and still get paid nine hundred thousand. get your senior get your senior in high school done you don't have to worry about coaching footy you get 12 months without any pressure go up to gold coast and try to try to solidify your greatness by taking gold coast from the cellar dwellers to potentially a finals team and maybe who knows even a flag take the old take the old take the carlton job if david t gets over with a with a list that has tons of talent just it's been directionless or do you take the collingwood job knowing that it's at least a two-year rebuild before you're even going to potentially look at maybe the finals Mm -hmm. Well, if you take a look in here, the best spot, and, and I mean the spot that's likely going to lead to the most success, is, I think it's very clearly that Carlton spot. You know, presumably taking over for uh, uh, David Teague, that's probably going to be let go at the end of this season. Because like you said, they have all this talent in the world. They have some games, like especially around 20, where they're actually able to put everything together and look like a damn good team. So if you're going to coach... You go to Carlton if you can, because I mean Clarkson. I mean he's a phenomenal coach. He, he's probably, uh, in, in terms of a guy that can maybe write a a, um, a like a, a maybe write the wrongs of a team, maybe kind of bring up a sinking ship. He's probably your guy in terms of you know available coaches here. But I kind of like your idea of going on up to Gold Coast and. Maybe just finally solidifying and being that anchor to, to the struggling franchise, uh, to one that hasn't never really found their footing in all the years that they've been, I mean, the few years relatively, of all the years that they've been a club. So that would be a really fun job uh, or a really fun task to take up. But ultimately, like I, I would love, I'd be excited uh, because, I mean, you guys all know that I'm kind of a sucker for Gold Coast for whatever reason I, I kind of just enjoy them uh i think carlton I mean, carlton would be the best spot here and i really think clarkson one year with the with the current roster uh with, with carlton they're a final team they're a final team with him i think he's a guy that could bring it together so that would be um also a really exciting move to see this offseason yeah, I, I, I can, I can see that. But for me, I, honestly, I want to see, I want to see if he can prove his greatness. I want to mm-hmm. see him up at Gold Coast. Like mm-hmm. I almost want to see the AFL find a way to get him up to Gold Coast, just because Gold I Coast wanna, a couple first I, I, Well, it's like I want to see it. I, I want to see can he prove himself in a different situation. I mean, he did it at Hawthorne. He got, he got several. He got two, two drafts in a row where he, he gets. Hodge, he gets uh he gets Buddy Franklin, he gets he gets some of these superstars that were part of the the dynasty that was Hawthorne. And now he's got a chance to do it again. I mean, think about having Clarko coaching 
Matty Rowell, Isaac Rankin, Lacocious, Anderson, King, all of that talent with what many people say, the greatest coach in the modern era. It, it, it's very tantalizing to see. Again, I don't, I love Stewie Dew. I think Stewie Dew's been a great coach. I think just the issue is, is that I almost want an all, I almost think an awe inspiring coach like Clarkson up in Gold Coast would be perfect. But like I said, there's still tons to see. My gut feeling tells me I think the Carlton or Collingwood job are most likely because of the fact that he's got a senior in high school and I don't think he wants to be away from them in their senior year being up in the Gold Coast. So we'll have to see. Now, to to kind of rewind back to the Hawthorne-Brisbane game, mm-hmm. this game is just odd in all, in all <laughs> ways because if you look at the final score, you're thinking, well, Hawthorne edged out a tough, hard victory. No, they didn't. Literally, Hawthorne was literally kicking the living you-know-what out of Brisbane for most of this game. And in the fourth quarter, Hawthorne went, ah, I think we're done. And Brisbane come roaring back. <laughs> well, their book got out. tired, man. If you kick someone that much, it's going to just hurry after a while. Exactly. But, they, but Brisbane uh. comes flying back in the fourth quarter, gets it to the point where I, there was a little bit with about three minutes left. I was going, oh, my gosh, Brisbane's got a chance to pull this <laughs> out of a body cavity. My gosh, I, I could not believe what I was seeing. Now, Hawthorne gets a late goal, kind of stems that, and I think that really kind of put the game away. But this this is one of those such a misleading score because it was not this close for most of the game. Like, you go into the fourth quarter, it was almost a 60-point lead. And Brisbane comes, it comes again, pardon the pun, roaring back in the fourth quarter <laughs> to absolutely take this game from obscurity to, I mean, so much better looking on on the stat sheet than it probably should have been. And the only way that you could justify maybe positive in this game for Brisbane is that they eventually they got to where they didn't take that much of a hit in their percentage points, but it really uh, was just a, a bad loss all around in this one. But all of the next game, I lo- I was so ex- I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this next game because. It was hands down match of the round. This was an extremely exciting game. This was finals atmosphere. And this might have been one of my favorite games of the season, to be quite honest, between Essendon and Sydney. Because the Swans barely outshoot, uh, outkick the, the Dons in this one in just an absolute shootout. In, all t- in any definition of the word, this was a shootout. And this was so much fun to watch. And then it was a little bit of a back and forth one. Uh, we saw a, it was a solid second half that kind of propelled the Swans to victory here because Essen carried you know, a 12-point lead going to halftime. Not, nothing bad there. But then you see the Swans, they come out fast. They kick three of the first second and three of the uh, first four second half goals in this one. And Donnie, I might sound like a broken record, but Tom Papley kicks four in this one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I swear, that I should just be used to this. You know, 4-1, 17 disposals. This guy, I almost, oh, I think the only thing stopping me from actually committing to the statement is how just how good and how legendary Buddy Franklin is. But there's a bit of me, and actually a decent part of me, that actually thinks that in terms of their long-term funnels running and running the flag, Tom Papley might be the most important piece on this team. Oh, that's that's a big, big call there. Um, actually, I 
this was just an absolutely insane game. I, yeah. I remember keeping track with a friend with a friend of mine who I, who I interviewed as my my Essendon supporter Rosanna. Um, we were back and forth, and we were just absolutely stunned at this game. The first half was very argy bargy, very arm wrestle, very tough, hard nose. But the second half, it was like both coaches went, you know what? Forget it. Let's just go for it. <laughs> and they stopped playing defense, and it, it was just became a goal fest. Sydney kicks a goal. Essendon kicks a goal. Sydney kicks a goal. Essendon, it was, it's like Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. I mean, that's like, <laughs> you get a goal. You get a goal. You get it. It's, it's so literally... apparent if you look at the match timeline, too. So and that's apparent. The, and that's the crazy thing. Like, if you look at the score worm, it's all goals in the second half because neither team could miss. I mean, there was one point, Papley kicks a goal. Papley kicks a goal. They go to the center. They get the draw. Draper knocks it down. Stinger, Stringer gets the rebound, kicks a goal, comes in. Hickey wins the tap. Parker kicks it in. Papley kicks another goal. And it just, that was kind of the way the whole, the, the second half was oh, absolutely magnificent footy because both teams were playing really really well mm. but for me the, the end of this game is marred a little bit mm. because did you see the monumental screw-up that happened on the Essendon bench with four minutes to go wasn't great was it <laughs> are you kidding oh. I, like I literally sat there when they showed that and it, what compounds it more is that Dylan Scheel, Archie Perkins, and McDonald, Anthony McDonald, Tip, and Woody are all on the bench, and they were out of rotations with four minutes left. That, are you? That might be the game. Me. Oh, that's the I, mismanagement I, I, that was almost irritating. I want the Swans to win. I, I'm not going to go that it cost them the game, but it definitely could be a precursor for one of the reasons why they didn't win because they didn't have fresh legs and playmakers on the field in in a really crucial time of the game so, so i'm i'm almost like the game was absolutely magnificent but for me maybe it's my coaching background it's marred a little bit because of the monumental absolutely brain fade that the that the Essendon coaching staff and the bench pulled when with four minutes left you've got three superstars game-changing players on your bench and you can't get them on because you're out of rotations man that was absolutely so hard to watch mcdonald tippenwoody and perkins looked absolutely shattered on the bench they did they Oh, I felt you just wanted to give him a cuddle. You just wanted to give him a cuddle because you felt so bad because it's like you literally have to sit here for the next four minutes of the game time because you can't come on and everybody on the, and everybody on the field is stuck. They can't come off. So it just, I don't know. And for me, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to push back just the tiniest bit. Papley is a great player, but Papley has been has disappeared in games and Sydney has still won. I think honestly, if you ask most Swans, if you canvass most Swans fans, who is the most important guy on the team? I think it's going to be Tom Hickey. Mm. If I'm being completely honest with mm. you, because if Tom Hickey doesn't come in and, and do some of the things that he does, not only is he a pretty good ruckman, but he's a, a, a roving ruckman as well. When he gets on the ground, he can clear it. He can get the ball into the fifty. When he went down, that's when they had their struggle period. That's when they lost a couple of their games, when they lost to GWS and Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. And when he's gone down, they haven't played as well. So Pabli's a good player, 
but Pabli can easily be replaced by a Wicks, by a Warner, by by a Isaac Heaney who goes up forward. But Hickey, you, you can't really replace him. You don't really have somebody that's going to have his impact that he has. So, again, Swans fan here, I'll put my rose-colored glasses on. If you ask us, Hickey is the guy that's the most important player on the Swans team right now. He stays healthy, the Swans will keep winning. He gets injured, a lot of Swans fans are going to be very, very nervous. And I mean... That, yeah, that's really solid there. Uh, against, uh, at least, I mean, those three guys I mentioned, you know, uh, Hickey, uh, Papley, you know, Buddy Franklin, and you throw in Isaac Heaney there, they're all, I mean, the core of the Sydney Swans team is just a boatload of fun to watch. I, I think the Sydney Swans might be the funnest team in the league to watch right now. And so, like I've been saying over the last rounds, I mean, it might be a little bit, uh, a little bit wrong, given that I'm a GWS supporter. Uh, but, I mean, I, I really enjoy uh, watching this Swans team play. And I got room for them. Not only to prove me right just because, but they're also one of those teams that's really easy to root for. At least in my opinion. And the opinion of, actually, a lot of the other uh, AFL fan base. So, it's it's a good team. Um, and then they're also right there within striking distance of that top four too. And so we'll see in, in once we get to my updated finals look, can they be a top four team? I guess we'll just have to wait a little bit here. Uh, but two games left in the round. Uh, the second to last one is Fremantle and Richmond. And we go from this barn burner of a game to a, a game where we have two teams that look like they're trying to not play in the finals uh, for the bulk of this one because honestly this Fremantle and Richmond game was hard to watch through most of it this just was not the best of footy I, I think it's safe to say it might have been one of the uh, might have been one of the worst games of the round if, if I'm being really frank and brutal about this one but you have the Frio Dockers I mean, I, I don't mean to badmouth the Dockers on this one um, or the fans at all because, I mean, they deserve a win like this. They're still there. They are at the eighth spot. They are in the finals at this point. And they almost blew it, though. They almost pulled the GWS in this one because they had a decent lead that got to about an 18-point lead at one point in the third. And then you see Richmond kind of take the, the ball and run with it in the fourth quarter. Um, almost getting on middle momentum swing, kind of what we've seen recently, um, where they play a bad game, they get on the momentum swing and use that swing to uh, let them win. But although they kick with like um, the three goals, or like they kick a number of goals in a row, they take a nine point lead in the in about halfway through the fourth term. Frio is able to take a breath. They're able to kick a couple goals. They're able to go up and they're able to carry the lead throughout this one. And those Frio supporters avoid a bit of a scare in, in this one and uh almost like um like I, I wasn't trying to say that nat 5 was important last round but i'm just saying i was kind of making the point where his the loss of him might not prove to be fatal and that showed a little bit here i mean no nat 5 i wouldn't say no problem but no disaster which is good for them and now if you're looking at richmond I mean, after it, it looks like they might have used up all their energy in, in, in Jack Rywalt's uh, 300th game because they look fantastic in that one. They play, they they show up for Jack, but now their last two rounds have kind of been been just 
bad uh, and, and they look l- low energy and almost sloppy a really weird kind of Richmond team that we almost never see so it, it looks like Richmond might be toasted at this point oh man this is this was a game that when it com- when it comes to quality of footy if you, if you look if you compare this to the Essendon Swans game this was not quality football this was ugly <laughs> This was this was tough. This was gritty, but if you go by the the pure excitement of this game, and, and again, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Maybe mm. maybe it was the gritty nature. I, I'm 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 weird like that. I like gritty games like this. I love games that are within a goal. They're they're, they're so much fun to watch, and having the fan support, like I can you can always tell a game atmosphere changes when you have those fans in it, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. When you hear the scream of ball, when a guy gets tackled and potentially a holding the ball call could happen, there, there's, there's nothing better. This, this was a game, literally the knockers were buoyed by their home crowd. Richmond just didn't execute at the right time. And Frio gets the win. Frio's back in the eight. We'll see how long this lasts because unfortunately they, eight has been a curse and when you get eighth place you lose the next round that's just kind of the way it's been going these last few weeks so we will really have to see how this goes um what a performance without fife and without walters i i i dockers fans i feel so horrible because i did i did not think this performance was going to happen Mm -hmm. not against richmond not in this situation after losing fife to it to a horrible repeat of his shoulder injury losing Walters to another hamstring that potentially have him out till finals at the earliest. I, I just did not see this performance and, and Andrew and Brayshaw Sarong and this young core just pulled their boots up and said, let's go. And they got after the former premiers and they looked really good doing it. The, the, those young boys in that middle are, are, are trying to build something and it, it makes me just, cross my fingers they can get Adam Chera to resign and stay in mm. the West because him and Brayshaw are an absolute nightmare combination for that Frio group. And then when you've got the old head, the Mr. Mr. Reliable Dave Mundy in, in the center as mm. well, this Frio team is tough. They are not going to go away. I'm, I'm almost looking forward to the Western Derby here in a couple weeks because I think it's going to be a cracker that could be, can Frio stay in the finals mm-hmm. at that point when they face the Eagles? And could that be the point when the Eagles get knocked out? Ooh, wouldn't that bring some drama into it? I think, I think that's going to be a fun one there. Obviously, one of those games that you're, uh, could be pivotal to either team's hopes at making the finals. Uh, but the last game of the round was GWS and Port Adelaide, and to be honest, I this was a game that I was. It went almost exactly as I was expecting to go. Um, the Giants weren't just aren't able to, I mean, consistently compete with these legit top eight teams, let alone a top four team. Uh, so it, it and then poor Haynes onto the top four spot with the Sydney winning. They almost were able to overtake it, um, uh, possibly, uh, depending on you know percentage points and the whole shebang of with all that fun stuff with tight uh, points. But they're holding through the top four spot and. GWS actually took the lead momentarily in the third after being down nearly by 30. So to me, this is really the only redeeming part of the game as a GWS supporter because 
they had I, honestly I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of laid down and just kind of coasted to this one didn't look back they were going to win I love the fight that this team showed I, I really enjoyed that and Jordan watching that it's not like this GWS team quits okay they're, they're not a, a team that, that will just like stop playing game visit it, it looks out of reach it, it just gets to points where uh, then the only problem is you know they retake that lead and then it's another one of the cases where they give up another lead so it, it's almost just oh when when gws gives me hope like this and then just kind of throws it away it's it's something but it's not like i'm i'm not too uh, i guess unused to it and it doesn't help i mean one of the guys that at least for poor Adelaide, that looks like he's going to be key to their finals run they run the flag is going to be charlie dixon of course he kicks another four in this one he's been looking great uh i mean throughout the season and so he's he might be able to uh, be one of those guys where he could lead Port Adelaide if they're in a close game. It might come down to him to, to kick a game-winning goal there. Or if his team's in a slump, it might be up to him to, to be the little spark to the team when it comes to finals. So he's going to be a really interesting guy to watch to see how his season finishes out. And if we take a look at the finals, obviously GWS still has a really good shot at making the finals. They're just two points out, and they have games against Geelong, Richmond and Carlton that Geelong one doesn't look winnable but also we saw what happened to Geelong grass last round Richmond and Carlton are two very winnable games so if GWS can at least win two of these three they should be able to find their way into the finals um and now the power kind of like I was saying about Sydney is that they have to fight to, to keep their top four spot there's it is not guaranteed that they're going to be one of these teams Sydney has uh, uh, almost a golden opportunity late in the season, especially since Power has games against Adelaide, uh, which they actually got upset um, by earlier in the year. They have Carlton, which could surprise people, and then the Western Bulldogs to finish off the season. So the poor Adelaide might have to win out if they want to make the top four and hold on to their spot here. This is one of those where Port Adelaide did what they needed to do. They, mm -hmm. they get the win. GWS, they do have, again, that, that, that little half-game wild card is going to serve them well. But unfortunately, when I look at it, is both of these two teams are now have a little bit of a ringer run because they both get Carlton. And right now, Carlton, again, we don't know what Carlton you're going to get. Are you going to get the Carlton that just literally smacked down the Saints? Because if so, these two teams are going to get a test against the, against them. I, I can I can guarantee you that Carlton is going to push both of these two teams to the limit if they play the style of footy that they have been playing. I mean, I I these they are in two completely different situations, but they are kind of mirror images in different spots of the ladder. Port Adelaide needs to win out to keep the pressure to keep themselves in the four knowing that Sydney's run home, most people are chalking up three wins, depending on who you talk to. Port, not so much. They've, they've got a couple of games that a lot of people are looking at going, ooh, that could be a toughie. So we'll, we'll really have to see. When it comes to GWS, again, they hold their destiny in their own hands. They went out, they're in. Plain and simple. They went out, they're in. They drop one you almost have to get a little bit of help because you just don't know how the other teams are going to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you get, maybe you get lucky. Maybe West coast, maybe West coast falls on their sword. They drop all three and they drop out because GWS wins two once they jump up into seventh and then 
Essendon, Carlton, Richmond, one of those two jumps into third. We'll have to see. But this really is kind of one of those, if you look at it, GWS, this is a tough game, good opponent. Port Adelaide plays well, but they still have that out. They have three games left. They win three. They're in. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. It's tough because you know you have to win games, and that puts more pressure on 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 the playing group. But we'll have we'll have to see. I, this did this game kind of scared me a tiny bit because did you see the I think it's Taranto or no Hopper get kicked in the face because he went for a full body smother and missed, and Amon who was kicking the footy accidentally uh, shinned him right in the face. Yeah, it didn't look like anything intentional there, of course, but no, no, never a pretty sight to see, you know, unintentional or or not, you know. So, ugh. Yes, I agree. That, that was just, a scary moment. It, that was a scary moment. Yes, the best part is every the the reports that I've seen, he was up, he was conscious. I think he is out of the hospital again through through concussion protocols. Mm-hmm. He will be out at least this week. Um, when it comes to it. So that's that's kind of a massive blow. That's another really solid midfielder for GWS. So we will have to see. I think uh, I'm, I'm really hoping Toby Green has a bounce back. He kind of had a, a little bit of a struggle game in this one in, 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 in one of his first games back, which, which is hard to see a really superstar player have a bad game like that when he goes – Two four and kicks it several behinds in a row that I think probably that could have changed the game for GW, GWS at the time. I guess what's nice is that at least shows that Toby Green he gets back and he's you know putting four um, kicks on target leaves for points. So it looks like he's it's not like he's a man that's going to come back timid and just try to solely work his way back into this game. He's going to be um, out there trying to make a a, a statement is any time he's on the field and as soon as he gets on there, which is. Nice. I like the aggressive Toby Green. That aggressive Toby Green is when he's at his best. Um, so maybe knock the rust off, get back going, and maybe they can make a little bit of a finals push. The only problem, though, they make that finals push. I'm not really sure if they can even contend. But I'd rather them make the finals than to not. Um, you know, you know. At the at the end of the day, it, it'd be much much better to see that as someone to root for in the postseason besides the Sydney Swans at this point. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be the breakdown of all nine games of round 20. And before we get to the team of the round, just want to take a look at maybe some updated kind of projections of what, at least the ladder to me, might look like. And so, some changes have been made to the bottom uh, of the list. I actually have, I mean... Good news for your Frio fans. I think I actually have them making the finals now. Um, with, with this last push and with the Eagles looking bad. Of course, we can get to our round 21 uh, tipping in, in, in its entirety. But obviously, that's it, it's going to be a tough game against the Brisbane Lions. But that is a very, very winnable game. Especially with how these teams are looking right now. So that could be a huge one to, to turn the tides. Obviously, that another game against the West Coast Eagles, that could be pivotal. And that is ultimately ultimately the winner of that game, the way I have it. I mean, Donnie, I mean, you you could probably guess I was playing, uh, after this round, I was spending a lot of time on the ladder predictor, uh, <laughs> trying to come up with all these different scenarios. Um, I've done my pessimistic one, done my optimistic one, done my realistic <laughs> one. 
So I have to have, I, I got all of these uh, possibilities mapped out, but uh, the Dockers, whoever wins that game is going to end up 7th or 10th um, is a very real possibility. And that also they finished the season with St. Kilda. St. Kilda looked great when we were first looking at this. Now they've started to drop off. There is a legit shot that Frio might be able to win out uh, these last three rounds. So we're going to, have to pay attention to that. Then, of course, um, GWS, you can go two and three, and it's still, I've been saying for the last couple rounds now, still that round 22 game with them in Richmond could very, very well for either team determine who makes the finals. But there's been a little bit of a change, though. Because I'm a way more worried about Richmond's last game of the season against the Hawthorne Hawks. If I'm a Richmond supporter, I am not looking forward to that game. Uh, because this has the chance to, uh, to make or break the season if the GWS game doesn't do it already. And then, I mean, good news for you, Tanya, I think, is that it's going to be splitting hairs on percentage points. But I actually have the Swans taking the fourth spot away from the Port Adelaide power at this point. Um, you know, given the, there's only estimates of the, of the, of the points you can do on the AFL. So obviously it's not going to be 100% accurate, but in my mock-up here, Donnie, they're both tied at 64 points. Port Adelaide mm-hmm. is at five with 120.2. Sydney's at four with 120.3. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Talk about <laughs> yeah. razor thin margins there. Um, Again, it's been kind of it's been kind of another crazy week for me when it comes to it. Um, but I I I completely agree with you. Like I'm honestly thinking this Western this Western Derby potentially is the the eliminator for for the finals, and I have this weird feeling that Carlton may be our Smoky. Like I mm. I don't know what it is about them. Maybe maybe I'm I'm taking too much from this St Kilda win. There, there, there's something about the way they're playing right now that makes me think they're a smoky. Them and Essendon are the, are the two teams that I think are 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 the eighth place team. I think West Coast drops out. I think Frio comes in seventh, and I think it's either Essendon or Carlton. How how it kind of comes out? Does Essendon push the the Western Bulldogs this weekend? Do they get the two wins in the last two games of the season that I think a lot of people think that they should? Can Carlton go three and zero and get a little bit of help? We'll really have to see how that goes. If you cross my arm right now, I think I think West Coast drops out. I think Frio jumps into seventh, and I think Essendon ends up eighth with Carlton falling just short. I think I agree with you. I think I think Richmond has a lot of problems right now just because of the fact they've still got a GWS team that's still fighting for the finals, and you've got a Hawthorne team that's going to be playing for their coach last game of his career, uh, last game of his Hawthorne career, shall I say, um, with a ton of emotion in that game. I, I don't want to be Richmond playing Hawthorne right now. So and unfortunately i could potentially see the mighty richmond tigers falling just short of the finals this year maybe not even just short and unfortunately like i just went through it again um and best case scenario for carlton i see them ending up in nine tied mm-hmm. uh <laughs> tied in points for eight uh missing out percentage points so there's percentage. a lot to happen there <laughs> percentage points done as for percentage points are going to break make it break top four spots in top eight spots i can almost guarantee that there is going to be a tie and it's going to come down to percentage points it's 
for whatever team doesn't make it, it's going to be heartbreaking. It, it will make that final day. So many people are going to be scoreboard watching so bad. Like it, it'll be really fascinating to see what games are the Sunday games because the live ladder, the live ladder looks are going to be absolutely spectacular because you know, anytime it's going to change ladder positions, they're going to show it. They're going to talk about it. It, it. it literally, there was one year where it came down to a team needed to kick a goal so they could get just enough percentage to get into the eighth and they didn't. So they lost out by like a percentage point because they didn't kick another goal late in the game. So that's how crazy that last day can be is if you get a, a Frio, if you get an Essendon in one of those Sunday games where they've got to win by 18 to get into the finals, it's going to be fascinating to see the fan, if there are fans in the stands, how many people got their phones up looking at it, watching the other games that might be going on just to see the live ladder on how things are going. So I'm, I'm super excited for round 23. I hate that the regular season will be over, mm-hmm. but round 23 is going to be spectacular because <laughs> if this goes the way it is, this is going to come down to the last game, last minute, last kick. It's when it comes to who is and who isn't in the finals. It's going to be so damn good. But I think it's about that time, Donnie. It's time to unleash the round 20 team of the round. Let's see what you got for us. Oh, speaking of so damn good, so many really (laughs) good performances this round. Let's jump right into team of the round, round 20 defenders. And I, I, I can't keep this guy out. Western Bulldogs, Caleb Daniels, 32 disposals, a goal, three intercept possessions, five score involvements, five marks, five clearances, two tackles, and 564 meters gained. We jump to Port Adelaide and Ryan Burton, 22 disposals, a behind, six interceptions, a goal assist, three score involvements, nine marks, five tackles, and 528 meters gained. Collingwood's Jack Crisp is making himself quite comfy in my team of the week every week it seems like 36 disposals <laughs> 10 intercept marks five score involvements nine marks two clearances two tackles and 320 meters gained another guy that loves being on my team of the week Geelong's Tom Stewart 24 disposals eight intercept possessions a goal assist three score involvements 13 marks and 386 meters gained we give Hawthorne some love so I give one of their defenders some love Hawthorne's Jack Scrimshaw 25 disposals 12 intercept possessions three score involvements eight marks two tackles and 339 meters gained rounding out the defenders this man had a little bit of trouble last year when it came to a kebab and a strip club in queensland (laughs) but has rebounded nicely in round 20 as sydney as richmond's sydney stack ends my defenders 25 disposals 12 intercept possessions four score involvements 10 marks and 455 meters gained for mr stack let's jump to the big man the rock and finally brody grundy is not my starting rock it is melbourne's max gone 16 disposals two goals a behind Three intercept possessions, a goal assist, 11 score involvements, five marks, four clearances, 31 hitouts, and 254 meters gained. We wow. jump to the midfielders, and another gentleman that's finding himself rather comfy in my team of the week every week, it seems like. Carlton's Sam Walsh. 
26 disposals, three goals, two intercept possessions, a goal assist, six score involvements, three marks, three clearances, four tackles, and 337 meters gained. The silent but deadly midfielder for the Geelong Cats, Cameron Guthrie. 29 disposals, two goals, a behind, five intercept possessions, six score involvements, six marks, five clearances, four tackles, and 248 meters gained. Again, Hawthorne plays well. I gotta find a way to get Hawthorne a midfielder in, but a little different than normal, Hawthorne's Chad Wingard. 32 disposals, two goals, two intercept possessions, a goal assist, nine score involvements, seven marks, four clearances, seven tackles, and 403 meters gained. Again, I said was this was one of the best games of the round, so I got to give some love here. Essendon's Zach Merritt. 35 disposals, two goals, four intercept possessions, four goal assists, 13 score involvements, seven marks, three clearances, five tackles, and 624 meters gained. Rounding out the mids, I got to give him a little bit of love. Sydney's Luke Parker, 26 disposals, two goals, seven score involvements, five marks, nine clearances, four tackles, and 298 meters gained. We jump to the forwards, and again, a lot of goals being kicked by some of these forwards here. We jump right into it. Forwards, Carlton's Harry Mackay, 11 disposals, Five goals, two behinds, eight score involvement, seven marks, and 282 meters gained. Portland Ports, Car- Charlie Dixon, 20, 12 disposals, four goals, two behinds, goal assist, eight score involvements, five marks, two clearances, and two tackles. Melbourne's Luke Jackson, 17 disposals, four goals, eight score involvements, and three marks. Also, Melbourne's Ben Brown. 12 disposals, four goals of behind, seven score involvements, six marks, two tackles, and 233 meters gained. Brisbane's Daniel McStay, 16 disposals, seven, four goals, seven score involvements, eight marks, and two tackles. Rounding out the startings, I had to give my little man a little bit of love, Sydney's Tom Papley. 17 disposals, four goals of behind, a goal assist, nine score involvements, and three marks. We jump to the bench. And our ruck is not Brody Grundy. It is St. Kilda's Rowan Rowan Marshall. 22 disposals, a goal, a behind, two intercept possessions, six score involvements, four marks, five tackles, 46 hitouts, and 267 meters gained. The defender is Brisbane's Daniel Rich. 32 disposals, 10 intercept possessions, three score involvements, nine marks, and 697 meters gained. No Melbourne fans. I didn't ignore him. (laughs) On my bench, midfielder, Melbourne, Christian Petraka. 32 disposals, a goal, three intercept possessions, two goal assists, 15 score involvements, 10 marks, six clearances, five tackles, and 527 meters gained. Rounding out the list, forward St. Kilda, Max King. 10 disposals, four goals, six score involvements, three marks. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my team of the week for round 20. Love it. I love the couple surprises there. We don't really see too much movement at that, uh, um, at that rock position. So I like how you have, we got a little, threw us off a little bit. Grundy had a good game. He just, he didn't make the scoreboard impact that Gon and Marshall did. And I think they really, I think both of them put up enough stats that I think they really had a good argument. I, mm-hmm. I did argue, I, I sat there as I looked at my notes and I had Grundy gone and Rowan Marshall as my three left and I needed two. And I went, well, 
Well, Gon's gonna, it's so, so hard. Gon, Gon has that great goal. He kicks two goals. So I, it was really hard for me to hold him out of the starting spot. But mm-hmm. then it was Marshall's 22 disposals and a lot of impact on the, on the field along with 46 hitouts and Brody Grundy's 22 disposals, but only a behind kick, not as many score involvement. So it was, it was very difficult to hold Brody out, but I, I, I had to get a little bit of love to Rowan Marshall in this one. So uh, a little bit of a little bit of a flip up but i i have a feeling i don't think brody's going to be complaining too much because i think he's still he's still got a couple more rounds to jump right back in there again oh yeah oh yeah i'm looking forward to this i'm looking forward to eventually once finals are done the team of the year so it's gonna be a lot of anticipation to that that's it's gonna be a fun one, one to see that, that, that one's gonna be basically my brown low so that, that'll be that that'll basically be my all australian team so i'm yep. looking forward to that one yeah uh i mean obviously that's gonna be a fun one to see uh can you take your guesses at who uh, who's going to take home the title of Ruck? Uh, so I, I think it's almost obvious at this point. Unless we get Lake Tender, guess we'll just have to see. But let's just about done. So we got our power rankings and our tipping to go to now, Donnie. And got to see. Actually, I haven't for once I've been able to see yours uh, before we get to make the graphics, uh, which is what mm-hmm. I usually do after I make mine. So. I'm not sure if we actually had the same five teams for once. So I'm going to go through mine and see sure. if we do. Because I have a bit of a change up here. Um, I mean, the okay. same bottom two teams is last one for me. With five being the Melbourne Demons and four being the Port Adelaide um, Power. I still like Melbourne. Um, and they obviously had a solid bounce back when they deserve. I kept them there. Not sure that they are able to top Port because I have a little bit more confidence recently with Port, but they're neck and neck there. I got the Doggies at three still. And then, after this round, I was actually really tempted to throw the Doggies at two, but I still have them three. Geelong gets bumped to two. The Sydney Swans are on the top (laughs) of my power rankings. I love this team, Donnie. I love them preseason. I love them during the season. And I still love them. Honestly, they're the hottest team in the AFL right now. And they're looking like legit, legit black contenders if they haven't already. So I, I got them there. Especially after just one hell of a game. Uh, Geelong can't really say the same for their for their play. Well, sir, we have the same five teams, just a tiny bit different order. Oh, like, like usual. Like usual, Melbourne at Melbourne at five, but I'm 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 li- I'm gonna tell everybody this. Quite honestly, I sat for probably a good five minutes. I almost had a different number five team, and most people would have lost their minds if I would have done it. I legitimately almost put Carlton at five because they are three. They've won three of their last five, mm-hmm. which is actually better than Melbourne since Melbourne has the draw in that particular time period. Yeah. But because of the ugly win over North Melbourne, I couldn't pull the trigger on that, but I'm, I'm going to out myself there. I, I for, for about a five minute stretch, I, I almost had Carlton at five. I have Port at four, like you. Um, I, I Port is four out of the last five, playing really well. I still have Sydney at three, just because the Doggies and Geelong both won. I can't. I hate bumping teams when they lose. Yes, Geelong played a tough game, but again, I'm looking at what North Melbourne is doing. I can't really downgrade Geelong for playing a team that's played a lot of teams really tough and has beaten some good teams as well. Bulldogs two, Geelong one, same five as last week, except like I said, I Melbourne jumped back in. Brisbane is out because of their abysmal record. So Geelong one, 
Bulldogs 2, Sydney 3, Port, and Melbourne rounding out my top five. So same five teams, mm-hmm. few differences there. I like oh, Sydney. Yeah. I, I think if the Doggies have any kind of an issue this week or for somehow drop one to Essendon, I think mm-hmm. Sydney can jump up as long as they don't get nipped by St. Kilda. But the top four are, are so good right now. Four out of five, four out of five, five out of five, five out of five. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then just all heck breaks loose after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a reason we don't extend this out to 10. It'd be a ginormous pain in the ass. It'd be splitting hair so oh. bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be having a nuclear explosion because we'd be cutting atoms at that point. It just almost isn't worth it, quite frankly. It feels like it. <laughs> right. But let's get things off, Donnie. Let's roll. Round 21 tipping let's see i actually had a decent week uh, week last round so i was i was happy with that and so let's see if we could keep things up in this round so we're going to start things off with geelong and the gws giants gm hba stadium in victoria and this has all the makings of a very long friday night for me and the rest of gws supporters but there's also a chance that we could see them make a little bit of a surprise. Maybe Toby Green gets his uh, gets his butt to gear and sees a lot better in his second game back from those couple of games that he missed due to all those, you know, I guess rules and, and, and standards that we have going on. And Geelong, if they get off to a slow start here, GWS might be able to punch him in the mouth. Who knows how this game can go, but I, I will tip uh, Geelong. Uh, I'm going to tip Geelong on this one. They're at home. And they always play really well at home. There's there's some rumors that Jeremy Cameron might be back. I'm looking those up. I, I know I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on it, but I, I know one of the one of the latest ones on at least the AFL.com says that he's been training really well, so there's a chance. There is mm. a chance that uh, that uh, good old Jeremy Cameron might be greeting his old side uh, um, this weekend. I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath, but we'll have to see. But even if he doesn't, I, I just think the loss of the loss of Hopper, I think really, really hurts. I think Geelong's playing really well. They always play GMHBL, GMHBA. I'm going to get that right. <laughs> uh, they always play it really, really well. It's, it's a ground that really suits their style. I think, G, I think Geelong just has just a tiny bit too much for the Giants in this one, so I will take the Cats in, in that game down at GMHBA. And then the next game that we got going on is one where I might have tipped Gold Coast a, a few rounds ago, but if looking at recent stuff, there's no way I can. I got Carlton all the way to this one. Although the Suns might be able to put up a way, way better performance than they did uh, in round 20, uh, I, I still like Carlton in this one, but ultimately it depends on what Carlton we get. That's always a toss-up. As a tipper, this game terrifies me because this is <laughs> this is the game. As soon as I think I'm, I, I I should have no problem tipping Carlton. This is the game that literally Carlton could literally have have just the total brain fade, and Gold Coast beats them. So this is the one that terrifies me as a tipper because mm-hmm. I the way this season has gone. This is the game. I tip Carlton. I think Carlton's got more talent. Carlton played so much better last round. They've got a lot of momentum. This is the game for some weird reason. No matter what way, no matter what way I think, the tip is always wrong and always goes the opposite. Yep. Way. I'm going to tip Carlton, but 
I, this is my keep an eye on. This is my keep an eye on game because Stewie Do always sometimes pulls a trick out of his hat sometimes, so it wouldn't shock me. My tip Carl's in, but I'm giving Gold Coast a, a sniff in this one. Oh, that's the telephone, right? Ooh, I wonder if you'll like this tip, Donnie. Next game going to the Saturday slate: Richmond and North Melbourne, even at the MCG. Give me the ruse. Give me the ruse to put the nail in the coffin for the Richmond Tigers. I just think that'd be the funniest damn thing ever. Twitter would explode, and I will be smiling the whole time if this goes down. You ready for this? Yes, please. Same thing. Oh, I, I tip, love it. I, I tip. I tip in the ruse. I think I love the way the Rusers are playing. They played Geelong really, really tough. I'm just not that convinced that Richmond has turned the corner. I think Richmond played a good game, but they can't lose that game to, to Frio if they want to get into the finals. All due respect to Frio, Frio fans. I, I really love your team. That, that should have been a win by Richmond. They just did not play well. Again, the travel will be interesting to see how it goes. Yes, it's at the MCG, but the MCG has not been the happy hunting ground that it has been previously. I love what Noble is doing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just feeling this one. I I know this is probably the one that I completely whiff on. Richmond wins this by 40 at, at the pace it's going, but I'm I'm going to put my foot I'm going to put my foot down on this one. I'm going to tip the North Melbourne Roots on this one. Oh, and that'd be a whole lot fun. Got to stay off the Twitter for a couple of days because <laughs> that thing would turn into a bit of a cesspool from these uh, Tiger supporters. Uh, oh boy, I hope we didn't offend them because uh, we got a couple that watch. At least comment. It, I do love you guys, but I, it's always a little fun. I mean, come on, let's not throw a little bit of shade. You guys won a couple, a uh, couple flags. You guys can handle this, I think. <laughs> Tipping is not personal. Tipping no. is never personal. Just business. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I, uh, I enjoy it. It, it. it it just lets you have a little bit of fun with it. Oh, you bet. Uh, and now with this next game, we get the battle. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The this is is this the showdown? The or, showdown, yep. Yes, you got that. I was I sometimes get the showdown, the derby is confused, but I got it on this one again. I learned from earlier in the season. But in the showdown part two on the year, I got a tip for Adelaide on this one. I just unless Taylor Walker, which he, he does have the ability to, unless he kicks six goals, um, I don't really see Adelaide offense be able to do much against uh, against Port in this one. I have Port and, the, and some good news that I'm reading. It sounds like there will be a crowd in Adelaide Love for this it. game. 15,000 yes. will be able to be at the showdown, which is absolutely awesome. This is one of the more underrated rivalries of the AFL. Maybe again, Victoria again, kind of dominates a lot of the rivalries because of the history, but this, this is a heated, heated rivalry. I'm going to tip Port, but I'm giving Adelaide a sniff just because the, this this rivalry always brings out the best. Rivalry games always bring out the best in your game. I think Adelaide will play a much tougher game than I think a lot of people expect. I'm going to tip port, but I'm, I'm giving Adelaide a snip in this one. Another one of those. It will not shock me if Adelaide pulls a, pulls a screamer on this one. I mean, Adelaide always has a chance to do that. Uh, they pull off these upsets at the most random times, too, so you, you really never know in, in the game with them. And the St. Kilda Sydney game was one of these games where, I mean, three rounds ago, this was a way different tip and it's way harder for me. But given St. Kilda recently, they've been just almost collapsing. Sydney has been surging into the finals. I like Sydney and I like them by a few goals in this one. 
this is a t- this is a tough one for me because the first game up in the SCG was so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Sydney kicks, if if St. Kilda kicks straight, St. Kilda wins that game, which I think could potentially trajectory Sydney's season a tiny bit differently. Mm-hmm. I, I I really wish I knew if Patty Ryder was going to play because Hickey had had didn't do too bad against the pair, but he only had to face Ryder the first time Marshall will be playing in this one. So I'm very interested to see how Hickey handles that one. It will bring a little bit of a difference. I agree. The Swans are playing really, really well right now. I think they've got just a tiny bit too much firepower, but this is another one of those terrifying games because this is a St. Kilda team that they need to win. They're going to come out absolutely on fire. Sydney, the last several games has fallen behind early. Can they do it again? Will, will one time be too many of falling behind early and coming roaring back? Um, Going to tip the swans. This one scares me a tiny bit, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this could be a chop game. This is something that you definitely don't want to overlook if you are Sydney. And honestly, I think this next game is the hardest game for me to tip uh, this round because we got Hawthorne and we got Collingwood. And both these teams could play really well and exceed the expectations, but they also have the ability to play really poorly and to almost exceed expectations in the neck of the flight. But I, especially the, the two games that these teams had last round, they're, they're looking good going to this one. I'm, I'll take the Hawks, but purely because it's going to be up in Tassie. That's, that's really the only, only thing I have to go off of here. It, it's, a, it's a tough one to tip. Yeah, the, the, the Tazzy location does concern me a tiny bit, but I just, I think Collingwood just has a tiny bit too much talent in the midfield where the Hawthorne is a little mm. bit weaker. Um, I, I, I'm liking Elliot and Mayachek, and, and Cox has kind of come in and hasn't played too badly. Cameron has really kind of embraced the secondary ruck role. I, I, I like how Carlton is playing. I think Harvey has really opened up their game. I know it's in Tassie, but I'm I'm gonna tip the pies on this one. I, I I I can't pinpoint the reason that I just I have this feeling that Collingwood, they don't go down to Tassie very often. So when mm-hmm. they do, there are Collingwood. I I think this one could be quite an interesting to see how the fan base turns out. Does does Collingwood come out with a ton of Tassie Collingwood supporters that are just have not had the t- chance to see their team play on the island? Yeah, isn't. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, uh, this is one of those games that could actually be end up being really good and maybe one of the better ones in the round. So I'm I'm actually really looking forward, forward to this game here. And now this next one, you get the Western Bulldogs and the Essendon Dons, and the Dons are essentially fight, fighting for their finals lives at this point of the season. And I really, I, I'm interested. I, I could, I would love this game as a underdog tip. Um, I, I think this is one of the better ones to do this round. Uh, maybe depending on what uh, the odds end up being for Fremantle and Brisbane, uh, we could see there. I would love to tip Essendon. I just like the, the, the doggy style of plays too much right now, especially coming off a huge offensive performance against Gold Coast. A lot of momentum going to this one. Essendon, though, just had a really good game against Sydney. This is a tough one to tip. I'm going to go with the doggies, but I... I really wouldn't be surprised if Essendon pulls this one off. 
tipping the tipping the doggies. I, 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 this is a very intriguing. This is potentially match of the round again. Essendon mm-hmm. again. They're high flying style. I think it matches. I think it matches up not too bad with the Western Bulldogs. Jake Stringer is is playing lights out footy right now. I'm I'm really interested to see what adjustments that Essendon will make when it comes to rotation issues that they had the last time how they handle this doggies team and their run and gun style it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to watch but tip the doggies but i agree with you i'm i'm i i like this as an upset tip uh for some weird reason i just essendon has that that it factor this year that you, you never want to count them out mm-hmm. and the next game uh second to last one of the round is going to be Fremantle. And the Brisbane Lions, and then going back to a kind of my my looking and, and kind of previewing what the last uh, the top eight's going to look like. This was a pivotal game for the Dockers, and I I think they're going to get it done against the Brisbane Lions, being at Optus and with the Lions just hardly being able to put anything good together for long enough without Hipwood. I think the Fremantle could could take advantage of this one, and this could be the game that might secure their spot in the finals. I'm with you. I I have Frio. Optus Stadium has been has been really really good to Frio this year. They've played really really well. They have another team that a lot of people are going to go. You're probably not going to win this game. You're you're, you're probably and they just play better when they have this underdog role. Brayshaw and Sarong have played really really well. Same with Sit with Chera. Luke Ryan was an absolute stud in the back for, for Frio uh, I like Tavener playing well it, it stinks that they don't have Lob I think Lob would really really come in handy this week with an undersized um, defensive line but we'll really have to see but I'm I'm feeling Frio on this one I really am yeah oh boy Frio fans we've got some positivity for you hopefully it's not false hope and then the last game of the round is also going to be at Optus. Optus is going to be busy the last couple days. The West Coast Eagles and the Melbourne Demons. And this game could very well be the nail in the coffin for West Coast, especially. I think there's a very good chance that they just get manhandled in this one, just ran over by this Melbourne Demons team. It could be a close game if West Coast pulls it off, but if not, it could be very ugly and could get ugly very very quickly in this one i'm going demons all the way i'm going to tip the demons and and the funny thing is is for free for frio fans are very interested to see what they think about this because mm-hmm. if this does happen if melbourne wins this game it does literally give frio the chance to end their streak of losing to the to the west coast eagles not only if they win that one but ending that streak but also ending potentially ending the chances of the Eagles going to the finals. So this is absolutely critical. West coast does not drop this, but I just, the way Melbourne played, they have a ton of confidence. Yes. They're going cross tent. Yes. They lose Viney due to the ugly incident that happened at the tribunal. He's out for mm. two weeks, mm-hmm. but Melbourne just there. They've just been able to, every time they've had a loss, they've been able to absorb it and actually progress from it. I'm going to tip the D's in this one, but this is always the one that scares me because Perth, West Coast at home, there's there's always something different the way they play. And Melbourne, Optus has been a little bit of a boogie boogie place for them. They, they've not played well in this new Optus Stadium since it's opened. We'll have to see. I'm tipping the D's, but I'm 
as a tipper, I'm a little worried on this one because this one I'm just not sure what Eagles team is going to show up in this one. Honestly, it's about to be a tipper this round. About to be a tipper this season, at least with half of these games. It, it, it's a toss-up almost. It's, it's, it's almost close to a coin flip, but I guess that's what makes it fun. Either we look great uh, with these with these tips and or we just look awful. It's boomer bust, but that's, that's where a lot of the fun comes in. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week's AFL breakdown. Round 20 is officially in the books as soon as we cover it that makes that's what makes it official obviously three more rounds to go a lot of real interesting matchups to go through here so donnie i mean let's just your um in one word or phrase just your thoughts on these last three rounds of the afl season Oh man, exhilarating because mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it is going to be absolutely exhilarating seeing some of these games the way they turn out because th- there there is no arguing that every single game between teams between 7 to 13 are going to have massive impacts win or lose or even draw. It, it is going to be absolutely insane to watch the center of this table adjust and the li- I I can almost guarantee you most of these coverages are starting they're going to start going to live ladders every time in the fourth quarter a goal is scored because it is going to matter <laughs> that it, it, it could it's, quite it's, potentially matter that much exaggeration no I'm not oh I love every goal matters that's the kind of football that I want to see that's the kind of football that any fan wants to see unless those goals are the ones kicking your team down the ladder. Obviously, they're not going to be too happy with those. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much once again for tuning in um, to, to this episode. We really do love all of your support. really do cherish it. And, and because you guys are, are just, I mean, put it frankly, you're just the damn best, man. You're just the damn best. And you are the best fans anywhere. And, and do appreciate your support, whether you're here in the States or our friends all the way over across the Pacific Ocean there in Australia. But that's, we're going to enjoy a, a crazy round 21, a lot of final spots on the line. And ladies and gentlemen, the ladder is probably going to look way different uh, in a week from now. Uh, and so I can't wait to join you all. Hope to see you all next week. And we will catch you after round 21 of the AFL season. <laughs>